welcome to another episode of the podcast, which maybe got carried away last week, the pedestrian podcast with myself, Stuart Court and Adam Nathan. How are we, sir? Doing well. I think we're about to get the shit kicked out of us <laughs> for the next half hour or so, but let's see how we get on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this week we have a very cool guest, the Ped Pod first in a number of ways, a stand-up comedian, I think the first we've had. I mean, Adam likes to dabble, I think, from time to time. But uh, you can see his Netflix half hour on the first season of the stand-ups, his special Son of a Gary on HBO Max. He plays Murphy on Billions, which is on Showtime and Sky Atlantic over here. He's, for my money, one of the funniest people walking this godforsaken planet, Mr. Dan Soda. Welcome to the Pedestrian Podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. That was a lovely intro. And I think <laughs> they just, I think, uh, I think Son of a Gary is now on Sky somehow like uh whatever the app is for that okay I, someone I, someone in the uk tweeted at me that it's like available now so i hope they weren't lying <laughs> I, I did look earlier because yeah hbo max isn't a thing that we have yeah hbo and sky have like a deal i think so yeah. i think it's 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 on it might be on one of those apps <laughs> I, i'm quite impressed that you understood a word of stuart's introduction or were you just nodding and smiling uh i'm such a narcissist i can soak in all my own myself <laughs> no i um <clears throat> no dude i love I, you know being in the uk in june I'm, i want to come back dude i love the uk i love I mean, uh going over there I mean, your immune system doesn't like international travel, though, does it? Because you're no, COVID it like when you're white, in Canada. It, and then... Yeah, it's white countries. I can't go to white countries. <laughs> <laughs> Canada and England, I get sick. And then I can't I can't do my shows. England, it was your hay fever. And I don't know what the fuck you got going on in, in those trees in London. But it closed my throat and my nose. It was like it was trying to kick me off your island. It was the most brutal <laughs> hay fever summer there's ever been. They said it was something like the worst in 70 years. I think I spent my entire business profits on like hydrocortisone or the, ste- yeah. the steroid spray. That was my whole summer of finances I had to go to, just spent I, on that. I had to go to a doctor twice to get stuff to like uh, for steroids for my throat so I could talk. So Because I, I did six shows at the Soho Theater, but only was able to do four because my I would just wake up and... It was one of those things where you wake up to go take a piss and you're like, I can't, oh no. I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> so I got to get, I got to get back to London and the UK and do uh, more shows without getting sick. Yeah. And I, th- I think you mentioned me one of the last things you got out before your throat give up one of the days was fuck the Seahawks, which is basically yeah. been the last 108 <laughs> episode of this part. Yeah. Dude, I'm all about <laughs> fuck the Seahawks. Bang, <laughs> bang, bang, Niner gang, dude. All day. Ooh. Um, the, got me coming straight from the bay. Uh, yeah, dude. I'm excited. Uh, to be fair, one of the things I was going to say to introduce you, but I was worried you might cancel, uh, turn off the recording is Danny Fizzlesticks. Oh, you can get me with Danny Fizzlesticks. <laughs> Danny Fizzlesticks and Danny Sodes is, uh, you know, through Jim and Sam and then yeah. uh, Matt and Shane. Those are the two nicknames. I'm, I don't mind those. The older I get, I, I don't give a shit. <laughs> the older you get, you're like, I don't really care. This is fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, but there is, amidst all your plaudits, obviously you were on Rogan five minutes, months ago, which is, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's, yeah, definitely, that's definitely a podcast first. I got to, I got to sit with the, with the sensei. Got <laughs> 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 to do three and a half hours. No, it was uh, it similar was to this length of show, actually. So uh, buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> After a 27 to seven win, we can do four hours if you want. <laughs> <laughs> we could go quarter. We can do an hour a quarter if you want. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, that will be, be a lot of swear words from this side of um, the Atlantic, I think. I mean, when you guys reached out to me and you were like, hey, I got a, C- I got a Seahawks podcast in the UK, I was like, I have to do it. because <laughs> <laughs> And you picked this week, I think, fully in confidence of what was going to happen three days ago. <laughs> well, the second Russ went to the Broncos and became Broncos country, let's ride. I was like... <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll do this Seahawks podcast after we play, <laughs> especially at home in Santa Clara. Yeah, I'll, 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 uh, I'll wait. Can I ask, how did you guys become Seahawks fans? My uh, aunt is uh, was like a Microsoft wife, so she got dragged over to Seattle about twenty five years ago. Okay, uh, all right. So then, like late nineties. Yeah, mid to okay. late nineties. So constant trips over there for family holidays, and then. About fifteen years ago, I started going and going to games with her on a semi regular basis, and then. There was caught, this, like, you, that was fun. That was like uh, that was like the 05 Super Bowl where they right. That's and when they, I started. And then my sort of regular going coincided with Wilson arriving, which was just a perfect storm of Jesus. Easy to be sucked into it. And then, well, you got well, you had the cheater Pete Carroll completely destroy the <laughs> USC program. And then, uh, you know, they stole they had to take back Reggie Bush's arguably the greatest college football player of all time. They had to take back his Heisman because old Petey cheated. And then. He came to the Seahawks and it made me immediately nervous. But I mean, you got into it. If, uh, when you got into the Seahawks in 05, you have Sean Alexander, you have Matt Hasselback, you have the greatest, one of the greatest run games of all time. Mm. And then the Seahawks go and let their left tackle go to the Vikings and it just fucks everything. And then Sean Alexander <laughs> can't do anything. The, the team, who was your coach in 05? Mike Holmgren. 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 I forgot fucking Holmgren was your coach. Holy shit. You got to understand Holmgren's a Niners guy. Yeah. So I completely erased that from my brain. Just <laughs> like I did when Julian Peterson left the 49ers. <laughs> I completely erased that from my brain. So so Holmgren's the one person we've asked to do this podcast and he's said no straight away without saying the word no. Yeah, we, we met him in, in November. We were out for the Niners game last year. When oh, the Seahawks beat I mean, the Niners. Yeah, you guys swept us last year. Yeah, and uh, we said, hey, Mike, do you want to do the podcast? We have a few mutual friends with him, and he he danced around it. For a man of that <laughs> you know, that upholstery, the way in which he danced around that question was a, a real sight to behold. Yeah. Well, well, Stuart, how did you get into this? So the, the first game I rem- remember watching, uh, Sean Alexander went wild on Monday Night Football. Yeah. I think we worked out a few years ago against the Vikings, and the morning after I woke up and bought a Sean Alexander jersey off a website over here and just yeah, hell yeah. every but like, me and Adam went I went the first time I went to Seattle I met Adam and a few other guys who serve a group chat with and stuff so then we started this about six years ago yeah oh, we've, wow. been, we've been in this for six years I think so we're, we're the, the timing was impeccable everyone left and we started doing the podcast yeah. oh my god yeah you guys left right after the Legion of Boom I yeah. mean <laughs> your first year I think was uh Sherman was still there. If this was six yeah. years ago, that yeah. was the you guys. Were, it, it was just said Sher- Sherman it, for two years. Yeah, it was just as everything it. started to crumble because Cam retired five years ago because he's yeah. up for the Hall of Fame. So yeah, dude. yeah, we didn't have much. I that fucking Legion of Boom. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. What was scary about that was as a 40, you got to understand, I grew up in Denver, a 49ers fan. So I can kind of relate to you guys about not being in the city yeah. or, you know, I mean, you guys are not in the country, but like not in the city where you're at, because my dad is from San Francisco and his whole family's from the Bay Area. And so when I was born, it was like I was born in Connecticut and it was just like 49ers onesie, 
49ers. <laughs> I was I was immediately put in 49ers stuff and it was yeah. the 80s. So it was like the team. It was like being born. It was like being born into a Chicago Bulls family in the 90s. You're just like, oh, this is the fucking best. We have the best <laughs> team in the NFL. There's no there's no doubt. And I just grew and I love the 49ers. So it's and, and I don't live there. So I get that. But the Seahawks were back in the 80s and 90s. They were in the AFC West. So they would play the Broncos twice a year. Mm. So I only knew them as like, oh, like Steve Largent and like, <laughs> you know, like Brian Bosworth. I was like, OK. And like Rick Meyer. I did, they were just kind of like a, a basement team that I didn't give a shit about. Because mm. really, I didn't really I liked watching the Broncos. I was a 49er fan, but I, I watched this was before internet and so you could watch whatever game you wanted to you had to catch the local market so i watched a lot of bronco games and the seahawks were an afterthought you were like well they're gonna play the raiders they're gonna play the chiefs the chargers and the seahawks were always just kind of at the bottom of the division and then the chargers even got good and the seahawks are like what so when they reshuffled the nfl when the houston texans came along and they made the nfc west the 49ers and the rams which that was our rivalry and then they had the Cardinals and the fucking Seahawks. I was like, <laughs> we're getting the basement team of the AFC West and we're getting the basement team of the NFC Central. This sucks. <laughs> and then I've grown to loathe the Seahawks. <laughs> hey, us too. Yeah. I've that makes three of us. That makes three to, of us. <laughs> to absolutely loathe them. Even in 05, when you made this Super Bowl, I was like, Hey, look at them with their new unis. Good for them. And then it was a Pete Carroll taking over. And then it was just at all the pieces that he brought. He built such a great and honestly hateable team. You got Russ Wilson, who you just can't tackle. You just can never get to him. You got Marshawn Lynch, who's from the Bay Area, has the thickest Oakland accent in the world. And he's just <laughs> running through everybody. And then, you know, you got the Legion of Boom who were terrifying to play. They were terrifying. I mean, so my favorite ever Seahawk memory probably will go forever. It sucks to be you, but probably for the only time in this podcast, I can get one up on you. But I booked flights to be in Seattle for the Super Bowl that we won. Oh uh, like, five, like six months before, because I was like, well, this team is going to the Super Bowl. I want to be in Seattle for it. So, And we almost had it. We almost and, had you. And if you remember that, Sherman tipped that, was, that back to Bobby Wagner. And that was the late game of the two championship games. So oh. that happened at about four o'clock in the morning. I had a family completely asleep. All my parents and sister were asleep in the house. So I did that sort of silent scream that you do, just <laughs> running around, not able to make any noise because my whole trip had been validated. Uh, so, unfortunately, I had to watch you guys win the Super Bowl in Seattle, which could have been as bad a two weeks oh, as you could imagine. That would have been so awesome. So uh, <laughs> I, um, you know, growing up in Denver, I was at uh, two of my best friends from Denver moved to New York and they were living in Brooklyn. And that was like the biggest day in the world. You had the Broncos in the AFC championship game on the early game. And then the Niners Seahawks, which that season we were split. I think we split that series one, yeah. one. And it was, I mean, ball games. Those were incredible ball games you have colin kaepernick really being an explosive superstar at that time it's the best throw of all time i think to nah, he, anquan he baldwin. baldwin to anquan baldwin oh my o god over, yeah. when he's 
in the air over Earl Thomas's head. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there was uh, I could you know, you can you can criticize Kaepernick all you want, but he 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 played his ass off mm. both in in uh, that season. That was what uh, 2012, and then the 2011 season were both yeah. just like incredible performances by him. Mm-hmm. But so we're watching, uh, you know, Broncos win and uh, everyone. I think I was still drinking. I think I, I might have still been drinking. So everyone's drunk and, and having a real good time. And it's like and I remember my friends going, all right, now it's your guys's turn. My friend Josh said that. And I was like, all <laughs> right, let's go. And that fucking tip back that Sherman hit. And then Wagner, Bobby Wagner, I think it was Bobby Wagner, picked it off. Malcolm Smith, Malcolm Smith, yeah. Malcolm Smith, that's what it was. And then Sherman, you know, yelling because he hated Crabtree and hated Mm. Harbaugh. Man, did I hate Richard Sherman at that moment. (laughs) But that moment, while you guys were celebrating quietly, I had dropped to the ground. (laughs) Like a a church service, I dropped to the ground and was like, oh, Fuck, we did it because we we had just barely lost to the Ravens the year before, mm. and and again it was like, it was it was I hate to say it, but it was Kaepernick not having a lot of touch on his throws, and it wasn't you know the four in the end zone to the Ravens, it's just four kind of straight bullet passes that they were easy to defend, and then that Seahawks one and again it was he could throw a rope, but you needed it to have that glide over, you needed to put it over him, not through them you know and then that was so what's funny about that super bowl is as much as i hate the seahawks my friends from denver became fucking obnoxious <laughs> they became because the if you remember the super bowl was in new york city yeah so i had to watch seahawks fans come to where i lived <laughs> and celebrate so that's bad enough the only uh-huh. thing that made it worse was all my cocky friends in Colorado going like, you guys couldn't do it. We'll take care of business for you. <laughs> I got that for two weeks. Two weeks going like, you guys had a chance. You guys couldn't do it. And by the Super Bowl, I wanted you guys to lose. When you started beating the shit out of the Broncos, <laughs> it kind of felt good. <laughs> it was like, yeah, at least we took them to two games. You know what I mean? At least, A, we beat them once. And and then the two times we lost to them, we, it was to the end. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't an annihilation. So it was just it, that was the only Super Bowl. Where I was kind of like, fuck you, Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> so which I'm so, back on that this week because we play on Sunday. Yeah. So one of my friends is a 49ers fan. He was in New York and he had to walk around Times Square Oof. on late Sunday night with a Seahawks like pennant thing. Oof. I still got it upstairs. Oh. And he, like he texts me because you don't realize what I've just had to do. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's always been, and it is. It's since I think Harbaugh had Pete Carroll's number, but ever since then, the 49ers just cannot get a hold of the Seahawks. It's crazy until, until Sunday. Um, you were well, there. You yeah. were there on Sunday. Um, what was your? What was the 49ers fan in the stadium's POV of the four running back? DJ Dallas interception. Oh my god, dude. I mean, I think uh I think everyone was just reveling in the fact that once we once we started realizing that we were pulling away from you guys mm. and once it started happening, it became almost like this like uh some Niner fans weren't handling it well. They were <laughs> they were being a little too aggressive and they were like 
like a fuck you. And you're like, all right, guy, hey, 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 week two, chill the fuck out. It's week two. <laughs> but I think what it is, is it's such a, um, you know, we made the NFC championship game last year, but we lost you guys twice. And the seasons where we were bad, when we had Tom Sula, when we were just like a, a fucking, you know, four and 12 team or whatever, it was always like, if we can beat the Seahawks once, <laughs> fine. Then this season's a push. So on Sunday, number one, Trey Lance going down. I think really everyone was like, shit. <laughs> but then we have Jimmy. So Jimmy came in and then that started moving the ball and we were like, all right. And then it just became, you know what I mean? It became just a fun game to be at. It was a, <laughs> it was honestly a very enjoyable game. And the seven points he got was because we fucked up and you guys blocked a field goal. And so it was like we didn't have to watch Geno Smith score. But can I can I be completely honest as a 49ers fan? There is something not as satisfying <laughs> about beating the Seahawks without Russ Wilson. <laughs> There's something to because I went to see Niners at Seahawks last season. That's the game we were at. Oh, okay. So we're in, Se- in Seattle. Yeah, we were at the same game. Yeah, yeah, because because I think I think I left that Monday and saw that you were you were gigging in Seattle that week, weren't you? Yeah, I did. I did a show that Tuesday in Seattle. Yeah, because uh, I we flew out. We flew out on the Tuesday. That's so oh, right. damn. Yeah, because I worked Portland. Uh, I worked at Portland Helium, which is one of my favorite clubs. And then the Niners were in Seattle. And I was like, wow, got to drive up <laughs> for that. And I was also doing Spokane on the eastern side of Washington. So I was like, well, it just makes sense for me to mm. drive up to Seattle, go to the Niner game and then do a show in Seattle and then go to the, you know. Yeah, I'd go I, to East Washington. I'm not sure if they did, but the people I, I stayed with that week, I was like, you need to go and see. It was fun. It was a very fun show, but that game, again, that was Russ's. <clears throat> there was a little kid sitting in front of me in Seattle that was talking so much shit to the point <laughs> that he got in my head and my girlfriend watched it. And Katie was like, you, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> this kid was like, you guys aren't good. And I was like, this is the last time you're going to see Russell Wilson in the Seahawks game. <laughs> I said that to him and I genuinely felt bad. I was like, you better cheer for him because he's going somewhere else next year. And Katie was like, dude, it's a kid. I was going to say that it's got to have a little bit where you've kind of prefaced it already. You beating us at a point where we don't really give a shit this yeah, year has got to hurt re- just a little bit. It's got to be re- annoying. You guys are rebuilding, and it's like, you know, when you you don't want to beat your enemy when they're down. You want to beat them when they're fully healthy. And it's 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 like you just named so many of our team from 2012, 2013. Can you name like four of our players who played on Sunday? Yeah, I mean DK Metcalf, obviously, uh, Geno Smith. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Wagner's a Ram, which yep. fuck you, fuck you guys for that. Yep. There's something to be said about the way that Seahawks players go to rivals pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It's not a good sign. It's not a good sign for Pete Carroll no. that the second they're out, they're like, "I'm gonna go. Who can hurt them twice? Who can <laughs> fuck these guys up twice?" Yeah, I mean, you're like a world-class comedian. Can you think of anything funnier having seen the Seahawks play that in midweek Pete Carroll sat them down and showed them a video of the 72 Miami Dolphins and said, there's no reason you guys can't go unbeaten as well? That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I think he's just old. I think he's just time for him to retire. You know, even the way he's chewing his gum is getting a little sloppier. 
I think he's going to start dribbling out his mouth soon. (laughs) Dude, we were laughing at him because at one point during the game, the Niners are at like the 10 yard line and we look at the south end zone and Pete Carroll's just squatting at the 20. And Katie was with me at the game. She's like, why is he down there? Dude, I I don't know. I think he lost his marbles. I think he's out. That's that's why a lot of that's what a lot of Seahawks fans are saying this year. Why is he down there? Anyway, yeah, why is yeah, he, period. Why yeah. is he down there? Why is he, just put him in a front office role and just have him come out and wave at people. That's how old he is now. Where he's like, "Hey, one, it's hey, ne- I don't never know. go full Bruce Arians." Yeah, for real, because <laughs> he's up in the box now. He's just he's a special I mean, he, special he, consultant. He was and then he was down in his pajamas on in the, at the Saints game. On it was crazy. I love it. I love it. And. uh you know, Russ Wilson and the Seahawks, it's like when they parted ways it, as your enemy, I was like, oh, man. And then him going to the Broncos kind of fires up my whole like, and fuck the Broncos. <laughs> like, it's like it's, it's odd that, you know, he, Russ Wilson can do that to me. He can make me be like, fuck the Broncos, because we're we're one point underdogs this Sunday, which is crazy. We're, we're we're six point underdogs to the Lions next week. Yeah, with Jared Goff. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Um, Ugh. So the the quarterback you keep mentioning, and we said next week, last week, we're not going to mention anymore. It's kind of like when Melo left the Nuggets. Dude, that was if that's how that felt. If that's it, how no, that no, no, no. But it's like it's it's probably more relief than that. But it's no, kind no, of... no, no. Melo leaving the Nuggets was one of because that's the only Denver team I care about. That was the only when growing up in Denver, you know, where you live, you have to find a sports team you like because you're like, I live here. I have to somehow get involved. <laughs> and the Denver Nuggets, when I was growing up, I picked them over the Warriors, which what an idiot. My dad's <laughs> whole family, my 95 year old grandmother loves the Warriors. And it's like weird that I have to hate her for it because <laughs> I chose the Nuggets when I was 10 because I liked Matumbo. I was like, I just really like Matumbo and I really like. And uh, when Mello left the Nuggets, it was so fucking painful because he was the first true superstar we had. And then he got traded to New York and living in New York. They were running these commercials where it was like, I'm coming home. I'm coming. <laughs> they were like playing that song. And every time that commercial would be on, I'm like, he's from fucking Baltimore. He was born here, but he was raised in Baltimore. Shut the fuck up. It got so bad. So seeing Russell Wilson in a Broncos uniform, I can understand you guys being upset. But were you ready for him to go? So ready yeah. for Russell Wilson to leave. The court, the quarterback not being a quarterback is uh, annoying. But yeah, I was. I think so... emotionally, we'd gone from the love period into the this guy's a bit weird. Yeah. Into this guy's very weird. Into this guy doesn't really want to be here anymore. And now I'm just like fuck him. But I think that's because. In soccer, like we're Sue and I, our main sport is, is English soccer. Yeah, and of if, course, football. If you if you did what Russell Wilson did here, there would be effigies hanging from the stadium, like of the players. So, when, so I don't I don't really so know. A, was he like pretty vocal about like I don't want to be a Seahawk anymore? Well, he had so, a no trade clause, yeah. so he had to engineer it as much as anyone else. And then so, there was that there was that clip of him and Goodell at the I think it was the Super Bowl, and everyone yeah. was like, so, "Rumor is is he was talking to Goodell about getting out of Seattle." So when we hear, you know, Americans say, I can't believe the Seahawks fans would boo Russell Wilson. For Stuart and I, his 
it was quite tame what he got in Seattle based on what yeah. he would have got kind a, of, yeah, if it was over here, you know, one, one of our soccer games. There's, the, there's a player who left Adam's soccer team 20 years ago and he's still like Beelzebub to Adam. Can I ask you guys, when Sherman left, it was different because yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, the team and, cut him. And Wagner, yeah, the, that wasn't his decision. Yeah, because when he went back with the Niners, he got cheered. Like, mm. I remember that. Like, they went, the, I was like, oh, wow. All right, the Seahawks fans miss him. Yeah, and, and, and oh, I was I, in Seattle when Earl came back, and it was not a cheer, but like applause, kind of. Yeah. Like, like Mar- Marshawn played against Seahawks in London, and he got okay. an ovation from the Seahawks fans who were there. Okay. Well. See, that's the thing is like with Sherman, with him getting cut and then him just immediately taking a dinner with <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. I was like, yeah. Let's be all right. <laughs> Which I would say Lead that is tweets. what's crazy is the 49ers have won four super five Super Bowls. Four that I've been alive for one that I truly remember. Actually, I remember like two of them, but I would go as far as to say the greatest game I've got to see as a 49er fan was that Sunday night football game week 17 against the Seahawks in Seattle winner got first seed in the, in the playoffs and it's a tackle at the one inch line mm-hmm. by Dre Greenlaw to stop your tight end from getting in. Yeah. was well, like, it's a, it's a, it's a delay of game away from Marshawn Lynch being carried out, out of the stadium on everyone's shoulders. Yeah. Cause we had the ball at the one yard line and they messed the clock up. And yeah, that pushed the I ball back. That. And it pumped it back. And it was the last play of the game. And we tackled you at the one. I was at my grandmother's house. <laughs> and I went absolutely fucking. In- <laughs> it was like, I was at her house when we lost Super Bowl 47. That was the first time she heard me say cunt. And then, <laughs> uh, that being at that game felt like, uh, like, a, like a, it cleansed me. Being like Dre Greenlaw making that tackle. And then they review the play. And they're like, the 49ers have won. And we were in our throwback whites. I was like, oh, it's <laughs> and then I got to go to I got because that was the year um, Mike McDaniel was the run game coordinator and I got to go to every playoff game and the Super Bowl that year which we lost but still it was like that was like as a 49er fan it, as an adult 49er fan probably my greatest memory so where did your relationship with him come from because he's one of your closest mates right yeah we grew up together in Aurora so okay. we grew up together in Colorado and uh, I met him when he had moved from Greeley in, in seventh grade, you know, when we were about 12 and uh, just became fast friends and then became best friends, you know, in seventh and eighth grade and into high school. And then, you know, in high school, we remained friends, but we weren't as close. And then he went to college and I went to college and we would still see each other at Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff. But then... um he was in the NFL. We were still close. I went to his wedding, you know, in 2014 when he was with Washington. And then he went to Cleveland with Kyle Shanahan. He went to Atlanta, lost that Super Bowl to the Patriots, but also, you know, kind of was developing his run game. And then um, I got a text from a 415 number and he was like, bro, it's McDaniel. I'm a 49er. And I was like, oh. What? <laughs> like That's what, insane. dude? And then it was, you know, that was 2016. I think it was 2017. So I got a, you know, I got five years of him being a San Francisco 49er coach, and it was it was incredible. I mean, so that last week was last week was bittersweet because, uh, you know, I got to go to a 49ers game and and, and watch him beat the Seahawks, but. 
I, I missed I missed McDaniel being there. It, it would have been nice. It, it was always it's always cool when your old friend is a coaching. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yet yeah, he had his greatest maybe ever day that he may have as a coach. Oh, I hope not. I hope. Yeah, got I hope not. Yeah. But I, I mean, not, but that was, was an incredible. incredible. I mean, I left the we left the hotel <clears> and uh, to go to the stadium, and it was. 35 14 Ravens over the Dolphins. And I was like, ah, you know what? He, he's going to be one and one, and that's fine. And then we got to our seats in the stadium and looked at the score, and I was like, 35 28 with a couple minutes left. I was like, all right, Mike. And then it got 35 35, and then it got 30 38 35. And yeah. I was like, when that, when I saw that the ball ticker was on Miami, I was like, dude let this happen <laughs> and it did and man man oh man two and oh but now he's got the bills so everyone temper your expectations i mean you told a story a few years ago on rich eisen show about him tipping plays to you as you're on the way to a game yeah we were driving uh that was one time i was working sacramento this was like 2017 2000 it was the year that jimmy garoppolo blew his knee against the chiefs in week four so it was 2018 and uh me and my buddy Chad, who's also one of Mike's best friends from back in the day, and usually Chad and I are the ones that go to games. Uh, we were in the car driving, and he called us. And he's like, hey, I'm on my way to the stadium. And I was like, cool, we're going to be there. We'll meet you after the game, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, uh, you guys want to know what play I'm running? Play? <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah, we do. And he was, you know, he gave us like the actual play name, like 36 drop slash or whatever. And he's like, just it's Matt Breida to the right side. He's like, and if they stack that left side, that's going to be a run. And it was, it was like a 65 yard gain on that. It was crazy. It was really cool to see that. And we were in the stands like, we're not going to do that play. We do that play. It was coming. Um, How how are you dealing with the AFC East uh, taking over your life? Because you got the Dolphins, you got the Patriots in your house. Well, that was, that was a point of contention. (laughs) Katie's a, a big Patriots fan. She's from Massachusetts and uh loves football and when we were <laughs> when mcdaniel was interviewing when he said he was going to go out and interview for a head coach she was like i ah, just just don't let him end up in the afc east <laughs> and i was like she was like and we can cheer him wherever he goes and then he was a dolphin and then she, she jokingly was like no half joking was like no dolphin stuff in this house <laughs> and I was like, all, right. <laughs> all right so i uh i work in the catering industry i'm like a chef by trade and one thing that strikes me about coaches is they love introducing themselves as, as if their name is coach. And the only yeah. other industry that I can think of that does that is mine, where people are like, call me chef. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm trying to work out which is more embarrassing. I think chef is worse. No, I think. Has Mike coach- ever introduced himself as coach in public? Because if so, I would be tearing him a new one for doing that. That's not his personality. Good. That's not his personality at all. He's, he's, um, why Mike is so easy to cheer for is there's a humility there that's that's very earnest. He's very like, I don't play football. You know what I mean? He's got like that. I just draw up the shit. And he doesn't have like, you know, I played high school football and those guys, those coaches tend to be the most serious when they're like, <laughs> you call me coach. You call me coach. I'm not your I'm not your friend. I'm your coach. And you're like, all right, well, and I think that's actually honestly a little bit of the culture change that Mike is helping bringing to the NFL. You look at Sean McVay, you look at Kyle Shanahan, you look at Mike McDaniel, and they're these guys that aren't burly ex players where you got to treat them like drill sergeants. There are these kind of guys that are like, yeah, listen to hip hop. You know what I mean? Like I'm a, I'm a dude. I'm, I see all the same things you do. So why don't we, 
talk, which was which was interesting because when Mike became a coach, we were 22. We were both 22. So we were very young and he's coaching men. <laughs> he's like coaching guys <laughs> older than us. And Mike was always like, yeah, I'm 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 really good at what I do and they're really good at what they do. So let's make each other better. And I think that's always kind of been uh, the basis of what he does. And I think it's really successful. Yeah, he he he's gives some of the loosest coaching as you on that point because stuff on McAfee during the combine was absolutely brilliant to watch because it's just as you yeah. say it's so different to yeah. everything else. I love like, that. I, I, love, I watched that. I was in Denver doing shows and I, I watched McDaniel's entire uh, Pat McAfee episode and I was like. Yeah. I texted him after. I was like, you fucking killed, dude. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, dude. I just watched that whole thing in my hotel room. And he was like, oh, awesome. All right. Because he's like, you know, he's not necessarily a cocky guy, but he's a very, uh, he's humble, but he's, 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 he knows what he's good at. Mm. Um, we, we do a thing on this pod, Dan, where we put things, people in the bin. Do you fancy joining us? Yeah. On that, so like people like Urban Meyer is in the bin, Colin Cowherd is in the bin, Skip Bayless, Hugh Jackson was the, the the start of this. Last week we put the former quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks in the bin, like a time oh, catcher. I love you deal. guys. Don't say his name. Nah, it's, yeah. my, it's, it's, it's honestly he's pure Voldemort for the rest of the season. So you can say it, you can yeah. say it, but we won't well, say it. I got to I got to do a really cool thing at the Seahawks 49ers game where they asked me to ring the foghorn for the second half they were like hey we want you to be the celebrity that rings the foghorn for the second half and i was blown away i was like first off i was gonna say no but then i was like when am i gonna ever get this chance again <laughs> i was like why the fuck am i doing this but sure and they were like you're gonna have 10 seconds to say something and all i wanted to say was niners country let's ride and then, hit, <laughs> and then hit it but then jerry rice dropped an f-bomb and they're like you don't get to say anything and i was like because right. he rang it in the first half and he's like let's fucking go and then I, and then they're like you just get to pump up the crowd with your hands and i was like okay but it was still awesome still uh, awesome i don't mind uh, yeah i'm really pissed off that and this is partially because he's on one of my fantasy teams but suspending mike evans for just being a grown man that wants to play American football seems very daft to me. I mean, you've got people that are whacking each other. Yeah. Like, what are we trying to do here? You, yeah. you, you're promoting tribalism with one hand and then two guys on rival teams have a fight. It's one of those things that like when commentators, you can imagine Jim Nance, like no one wants to see that. When everyone actually wants to see that. everyone wants, it's a, it's a, the Venn diagram of everyone wanting to see what you think no one wants to see is a perfect circle. So I've, I've recently started getting into hockey. Um, Katie and her family are big Boston Bruins fans, so I'm I'm jumping on the bandwagon of the bees. But we, I've been watching a lot of hockey, and I notice what they do well is they just accept that there's fighting. They're just like, this is just going to happen. You're going to fight. You're going to get penalized for it in the game. Hmm. But that's that, unless you do something fucking crazy. And what sucks about the NFL is they don't have this standard of like we're going to let some of the 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 ruckus happen. They're they're very like. It's almost like they, they kind of feel like a cheap businessman where they're like, oh, actually, that was a discount for last week. That doesn't happen <laughs> this time. I mean, Aaron Donald is swinging a helmet around. Helmet. The same move that didn't it get Miles Garrett like uh, suspended for most mm. of the season. And then he does it again in a practice. And they're like, well, that's practice. <laughs> they still did it. And then this Mike Evans dust up with the Saints. You're like, yeah, these are these guys. These are teams that 
genuinely do not like each other and have a real rivalry. Let stuff like that happen. And, and it also, I think it reduces, like, well, you'll know through talking to Mike and we've spoken to a few players in the past, the mindset these guys have to get into to physically step out on the field and do what they do is so otherworldly that we can't even begin to describe or explain what they you know, go through. And yeah, so to I mean, expect them to turn it on and off like a light switch is so daft that it's almost like within reason, what happens when they're on the field should just be allowed to stay on the field, as you say, with hockey. Yeah, just let it happen. If, you're, if you have an aggressive sport, you cannot penalize them for them being too aggressive while they're playing the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's oh, like, that's like penalizing a point, like if a porn star, you're like, you're too horny. You can't film for a while. Time out. Along the lines of uh, fancy football reasons, uh, Arthur Smith can get in the bin because uh, he's just not using Kyle Pitts through two weeks of the season, much to the detriment of one of my redraft teams. And he said, this is not fantasy football. No, it's not. But you took a tight end at four overall 18 months ago. Use the motherfucker Kyle in the Pitts passing game when nothing else is happening on offense. Drake London looks good. He also took in the top 10. But Arthur Smith is just like, this is maybe dangerous because we've got the Falcons on Sunday. He is going to be an Alabama assistant by November. <laughs> he's, he's, he's horrendous. Like he basically yeah. got a job because Derek Henry existed in Tennessee. And it's just every week there's comments and shit from him and, just watching would, the Falcons play is pain. Yeah, the Falcons is that I think they're in the same exact category as you guys, where they're just they're they're in a rebuilding. I don't really think Marcus Mariota is the solution. No, but they've they've had two shots at finding a quarterback, though we are yet to have one. Yeah. Sort who, of. who the hell are you guys gonna pick? <laughs> I, I don't want to speak for Stuart here, but when you list off Mike and Kyle and Sean McVeigh, and I look across at Pete, who's done amazing things for the franchise, and like this is the guy that we've saddled the wagon, who basically owns the team. Yeah, I find it a bit depressing, mm-hmm. even how much at the forefront of new wave football, like Pete Carroll was 10, 15 years ago, and should always be respected for that. Right now, he's uh, he's, he's archaic in 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 modern. He might be, spo- modern he might be spoiled milk. He, he could be spoiled milk, yeah. which is it, fine. Which, listen, which it is happens. Fine. It happens, and like I remember how much I loved Harbaugh because he he basically came in and took all these pieces from a Mike Nolan team and turned us immediately into the NFC Championship or getting to the NFC Championship, <clears> only <throat> to lose to the Giants. We were thirteen and three in Harbaugh's first season, mm. and being like, "He's the best. I love it. He's got that old school coach mentality." And then the second season, we reached the Super Bowl, and we're like, "Oh, this." third season NFC championship game but by in that third season you're starting to hear he's feuding with linemen the, the <laughs> locker room is broken there's people that really think he's a prick and you're like oh yeah that attitude's got to be hard to deal with over time and I think with Pete Carroll you saw a guy who the players love playing for he, you know he's got kind of that you like you said he was a he was a breath of fresh air about 15 years ago and then now the NFL evolves so now you got younger coaches running different schemes. They run more, you know, like wide outs. They love to run like five wide. You need a quarterback that can throw and run a little bit. You guys are in a total rebuilding stage. I won't be sad when Pete Carroll gets fired, but I will be nervous for whoever. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there is a universe that I wish we lived in where 
your man Mike is would it come on the north? sideline in Seattle. There is zero way I would let him do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would kidnap his wife and daughter. And I'd be like, <laughs> I already got the voice for it. So I just call him and be like, you know who I am and you know what I'm capable of. Uh, anyone for the if you went to the Seahawks, that would uh, that would be fuck, that would be difficult. That would be very difficult for me. Uh, anyone for the bin for you, Dan? Uh, yeah, I would say I'm throwing all of fantasy football into the bin because uh, okay. what it's starting to do is it's starting to um, break apart football and like you start cheering for teams you hated. So you're so one guy can go off. You're cheering for individuality and, and in a team sport and, and how important it is to be a good teammate. I think it's starting to decay the NFL and guys are starting to worry about how many passes they're getting and runs they're getting and they're looking at fantasy football numbers is like metrics like oh i need to get more fantasy points and you're like no you don't you need to pick up that first down so the offense can move so you guys can win the fucking game yeah yeah I mean, when, when players tweet out like sorry to my fantasy owners they only make it worse yeah. it's disgusting what it's do you like, expect in the responses to be yeah you did i would never like i loved debo in the way that McDaniel used him and McDaniel and Kyle used him last season at running back and, and, and that kind of stuff. But I'm not going to get mad if he goes back to being a pure wide receiver and picks up first downs and, and occasionally has a jet sweep or does something like that. But I can't imagine being like a fantasy owner and being like all the points he got when he would run the ball. <laughs> you know, I got like 20 points off his rushing and I got 20 points off his receiving. And you're like, how about you just let the guy be a dynamic football player and be a good teammate? And that's kind of, that's, uh, that sounds so old saying. <laughs> no, I have to say, I think fantasy football over here has been really helpful in helping people get into the game. I, like, I, I agree with that. I think fantasy football and video games probably yeah. are the best because, you know, FIFA is how I learned, uh, uh, you know, English football and, and, and got into, you know, back in the day when I had PS2 and I was playing FIFA with Man U. And I was like, skulls, I love skulls. And I was just like super into it. And you just knew players because that's how that's how I really learned. Even with, I mean, I'm a lifelong NFL fan. I'm a diehard NFL fan, but I play Madden with the updated rosters. And I'll be like, oh, that's where that's where this guy is. That's where so-and-so landed. So it does help. And fantasy football, I can see doing the same. I think trying to watch Red Zone from the off without having a fantasy team and having no reference points of players to look out for would have just been bewildering. Yeah, I can imagine that. I mean, I enjoy it because it's it's kind of the opposite for me. I can pay less attention because I just (laughs) kind of know, I kind of know how it's flowed and who's where and what's who's doing what. So you kind of watch and you're like, oh, fuck. All right, Eagles are looking good. You know, you're like, it's like one of those things. Yeah. Um, And sounds, Adam? I have a question, Dan, before we wrap up. Like, I'm not going to ask you to pick one super, if you can win one Super Bowl, the Niners or Mike's Dolphins, because that will be harsh. Like one moment. 49ers. Glory. I love Mike. Oh, okay. <laughs> but what about multiple Super Bowls? A chance for like your mate to be. I would McDaniel. I would choose McDaniel because, you know, uh, the 49ers and the Dolphins play week eight. I will be cheering for the 49ers, but I'll be I'll be hoping Mike does well. I'll be yeah. hoping it's a close game. Uh, but if it's multiple Super Bowls, uh, you know, life is more important than <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's a he's a friend and, yeah. and you want to see your friends do well. So I would I would pick McDaniel and it would be 
very special to watch him revitalize a a franchise which has sucked for about 15 years mm-hmm. yeah. so him doing well in miami makes me very very happy yeah. does it make me as happy as the niners winning the super bowl this year no but i also no, in, in isolation i wouldn't expect you to choose friend over over team but i, I yeah. think multiple that makes sense yeah multiple and also you know uh what I said after the 49er game on Sunday was we have a chance to watch one of the greatest redemption arcs ever in sports, which is Jimmy G. If he can take this team and win a Super Bowl, you're looking at a redemption of a lost Super Bowl, a lost NFC championship game being casted out for a younger quarterback and to step in because of an injury and lead that would be pretty fucking sweet. I think just if, in general for sports, that would be a very fun story. Yeah. He's a better man than me because in that situation, oh, I probably I think, would have, I would have looked like a computer game glitch turning around, throwing the ball in the wrong direction. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Oops. Oh, sorry. Again. I thought that was, I thought the <laughs> Seattle colors were our colors because I heard a rumor you were going to trade me today. But Which, he, I, oh, go, go ahead. No, go on, go on, go on, go on, carry on. Sorry. I was just going to say, I've just heard from, mcdaniel and i've heard from kyle himself and and people in the 49ers organization and i've met jimmy how great of a guy he is and how uh if in fact what's crazy is the thanksgiving game i went to 2017 seahawks blew us out in santa clara Mm -hmm. and i went to that game and you injured cj bethard right before the end of the fourth quarter and jimmy g came in and threw a first down and a touchdown he threw a first down and a touchdown, and then we went on a five-game rip and ended up being 6-10 and 10 that season. And that's what won him the starting job because McDaniel had told me, yeah, we traded for Jimmy G, but more for they used it as like, well, we'll use him to get Kirk Cousins at a cheaper price. And then <laughs> Jimmy G won the locker room over and won everyone over, won Kyle over, won everyone over. And everyone's like, oh, well, Jimmy G's our guy. And then they gave him that extension, which is the last season of it. So, uh, as, as I said in the intro at the start of the podcast, you are Mephi in Billions. I didn't realize till today that Mephi has a first name as well. Oh God, ever... What a terrible name they gave me. <laughs> <laughs> Dudley Mephi. And I've Dudley. watched like every single episode. It, it, I'm, are you still, you're still involved in the Billions? When's that coming back? Is it coming back? Yeah. I don't know how much I'm going to be involved in the final. I think it's coming up on the final season, uh, but they're going to start filming in October. So. Huh? Yeah, well, let's make a deal that on the on the home, you know, the, the game after Seattle, you can come back on and revel in going two and zero against the Seahawks. Maybe we can talk about that a bit more because you're giving us fifty minutes of your time when I thought we were looking at a tight thirty. So yeah. uh, I, we thoroughly appreciate it anyway. Yeah, but- man, absolutely, I would love to. Co- if that happens, I would, uh, <laughs> I, to come back when- on. But I know it's late in the season. I think it's yeah. what like January. No, it, it, it uh, does- it's in December. It doesn't matter. The it just, I mean, you, you think we're like deflated then. Wait till we've got another 14 weeks of what we're about to witness. Um, there, is, ball. There, is, there, is, there is a couple of things. There is one thing we try and do with when we get uh, uh, big name guests on the pod, we try and get like a daisy chain going. Okay. Uh, there's two names for you that I, I, if you don't have to, and we understand they might say no. Uh, I would love to have Brian Copperman on. Because oh, I'll just okay. I'll, I would just talk Springsteen with him for like an hour. And well, also, I would say that might be very hard because they're going yeah. into production on. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he and, would be a guy where I'm like, you might want to check back in in June of next. Yeah. year. Yeah, and the second one is the person you share an apartment with because, like, sports and tail enders were the two things and that got me a, through. Got me yeah, through 
Fuck she's no. a big she's a big Liverpool fan. So <laughs> oh, we <we're> doing <laughs> so well. Yeah, we got a bunch of Liverpool stuff up up in the house. Yeah, scarves. I mean, it, it could have been the other one. The other scenes of playing red on them. I can yeah, I wow. can ever I can ever come in and sing most the most solid song. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, well, look if she wants to expand all, her profile to seventeen yeah. British people that listen yeah. every now and again, you know, yeah, what an opportunity! What yeah, an opportunity! Well, guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. It's been fun to talk. Uh, you know, for no, where, where where can people catch you? Obviously, we have a few American listeners. When, yeah, you uh, just Dan Soder. Or... Yeah, DanSoder.com. I'm on the road through the end of the year. And, and then after that, I'm always on the road. So dansoder.com and then at Dan Soder on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, cool. Awesome. I really do appreciate your time. Uh, Possession Podcast, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Podbean, Patreon.com if people want to sign up for that. Uh, but yeah, go and see Dan Soder, one of the funniest people, as I said, walking the planet. And seconded it. Yeah, he was awesome in June. We'll see you in 2023 somewhere. Absolutely. In somewhere. We're going to figure it out. Thanks, yeah. guys. Go Niners. Sure.